Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. Everyday Parenting will be out with new episodes every two weeks for our first season. Help support Everyday Parenting. If you have a business and would like to reach directly into the ears of our listeners, please contact us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Today, um, I wanted to bring in a special guest, um, someone that I have worked with in the past in my own life, uh, someone I, I really respect within her field of working with families, working with animals, working with um, and understanding the value and the importance of understanding our, our, our creatures and our dogs and our home, that we can learn to understand them, work with them, enjoy them, cherish them as we do our children. But it takes time. It takes work. It takes commitment. But the benefits are amazing. So today, um, I wanted to introduce Jessica Kalishian, who is a, um, an amazing dog trainer and, and human being. And I wanted to share why, why I wanted to do this podcast. And, you know, there are so many great reasons to introduce children to the joy of owning a dog. Dogs help with, uh, with self-esteem. They help with, uh, to teach responsibility. They help to learn empathy, to understand that, uh, that a creature has and wants respect and understanding and what that looks like within the family by raising a dog. However, uh, children and dogs uh, just don't automatically start with a wonderful relationship. As with our children, you know, it's hard being a parent. It's hard raising your children and, and, and nurturing them and knowing what to do, just as it is with as having a dog. And so that's why today I, I thought it was so important to bring Jessica in, something that I love both, right? Families, children, and animals and dogs. I just, you know, those are all my favorite things. We welcome today Jessica Kalishian, and she's going to give us some insight to what it's like to, to raise a puppy in, in a home with children. I was privileged enough to get to know Jessica back Oh boy, how many years ago? I don't even know. <laughs> I guess it was seven years ago, right? When my dog was born, Harrison. I went to Jessica's classes to socialize my dog and also learn how to handle his behaviors and to train him to be who he is today. Uh, Jessica is also a mother, so she, she, she gets it from all angles, and she has dogs herself. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. Well, yes, it has definitely been a very strange year. And yes, I've seen a record number of people, families, adopting dogs, purchasing dogs of all ages, puppies, dogs. Um, And there has been a big influx, I think, because we've all been home. You know, we've had extra time. We thought, hey, this is a great time to bring in the family dog we've been talking about. (laughs) Let's give it a try. So it's been great. You know, a lot of upside shelters have been cleared. So there has been a lot of, you know, wonderful things going on. But yes, it does come with all sorts of issues maybe people didn't think about. There's always training that's important, um, socializing. Um, And I often use the word exposure even more than socializing. Because I think a lot of people think of socializing your dog as, you know, getting them around other dogs. Well, yes, that's important. But exposing them to the world and life um, beyond your home is important too. And I think because we all have been home a lot. Um, that's important yeah. to remember, getting them out and about so they're not frightened of things out in the real world. 
Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and on that point, I, I wanted to share an experience just on that, um, something that I have been so uh, loved to be involved with. And, and now you, you were involved with Guide Dogs of America, too, at one point. Right before the pandemic, I was trained and did it for about a year and a half, was working in the puppy preschool at Guide Dogs. And we were exposing the dogs. We weren't socializing them so much because they were part of the same litter, right? They were part of their litter, but exposing them to sounds, exposing them to general, you know, different noises and textures and people's talking, keys rattling, a vacuum, sound of a siren, music, everything, every little piece that an animal might hear, a dog might hear in their world. And I I, I just learned so much being part of that. And I think it's really, like you said, it's just, you know, not, not so much so as much, you know, socialization, yes, but exposure. I agree, totally agree. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's so important. And I think, you know, I often tell people I'm not so much helping you train your dog is just helping you learn to communicate with your dog. I think a lot yeah. of people yeah. maybe you've never had a dog before and, and don't really understand what your dog is trying to tell you or saying. And, and oftentimes it is, some fear-based behavior, you know, maybe the dog has never seen a big, you know, large man with a hat on and suddenly your dog barks at that man. And oftentimes people will say, oh, my dog's being aggressive. Well, really it's not aggression in the sense of uh, it's more fear-based, you know, I, I'm scared. I don't understand that. So I think that's really important that we try and understand what our dog is feeling and thinking um, to really understand why these behaviors are occurring, if that yeah. kind of makes yeah. sense, you know? No, it does. And if, if people listening to my podcast on a regular basis will, will understand what you just said, because that's how I deal with parenting also. Raising our dogs and our children are exactly the same. It is. It is. And we forget that, that they are, they are little beings, little things that need to be, have things narrated and, and, and told to them and explained to them you know, with language and not just you know, jerking a chain or using our body language, but explaining things. And my children joke at me all the time, Jessica, that you're do- he doesn't understand what you're saying, Mom. I said, yeah, he does. Because <laughs> he understands my tone. And my, my words are just part of that package. They do understand, and they do get it. And, and they look to us, just as our children do, right? They look to us. Yeah. And, you know, I was a dog trainer before I was a parent. And, <laughs> and a lot of clients always told me, this is a lot like child raising. And, you know, I, yes. I just understand that until I had my own kids. And I yeah. definitely saw the parallels. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, I certainly would never compare a child to a dog, of course. But there's a yes. lot of parallels in, in behavior and how you raise them, certainly, and some yes. techniques yeah. that you use. So, yeah, it can be very similar, certainly. I know. So, so you're saying you don't lock your children in the dog kennel? Is that what you're saying? Oh, not usually. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah, bad. I, Tell me what you've seen this last year. You expressed that your classes have grown immensely as, as my practice has grown immensely for the same reason. People are needing help and guidance and support through this time and have the time to do it. I think that's the beautiful thing right now. Right. I know. It's true. And I'm thrilled people are reaching out for help. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> fabulous. You know, I think, you know, a lot of these dog programs that have been on TV over the years have really um, shown people that, hey, you know, reach out for help. There is help available yeah. as far as dog yeah. training goes. Um, and like you said, yeah, we're all home. We're not running off to kids' sporting events as much as we were. So we've got time to call the dog trainer and see what we That's can right. do, yeah. uh, which is yeah. great. I do a lot of private in-home training, which obviously because of COVID, we've been doing outdoors and wearing masks. Yeah. Um, so it's still been helpful to be able to do that. Um, and that's great because I can get a lot of one-on-one attention with just one family because truly, 
I always tell people, you know, I don't want your dog to listen to me. I don't care if your dog listens to me. I need your dog to listen to you and your family. You guys are the one living with the puppy or the dog. So it's really important for me to be able to help folks, show them what to do, coach them how to do it. So they feel comfortable doing it when I'm not there because, hey, I don't live yeah. there. Um, yeah. But I want to give them some strategies that are that are helpful for them and their kids. You know, I see a lot of families who maybe have gotten their first puppy ever and, you know, they just really don't quite understand the management of it, um, you know, making yeah. sure that he's not jumping on the kids and biting the children and giving the puppy appropriate things to do instead. And, you know, so it's a lot of strategies um, along those lines to help them help them survive it. It's tough. It's, I tell people it's the closest thing to having another baby is getting a puppy. That's, that's what I say too. <laughs> but unfortunately, that puppy has really sharp, sharp teeth, you know, that's right. <laughs> yes. It's tough. Yes. And, and, and I think of the, the, the one, the one of many things that I learned from you, but one piece that, um, you know, that I, I, I use and, and appreciate to this day is that, that basic tool of, um, tethering your your dog when you're sitting down for a meal and tethering your dog with a, a special tether line that they can't destroy tether them to to the chair or to you and give them something to do not just tether them and have them sit there and chew on your chair but tether them to the area that you are in because your your animals want to be with you they want to be with you and you want to teach them the appropriateness of being there and that's one piece i've always very very much cherished taught me we respected that he can't just sit there just like a child at the table, right? Parents say, how long should a child sit? Can they sit for now? No, yeah. a child eats for 15 minutes and then they're done. And, you know, if you want them to stay longer, you kind of need to entertain them in some way, you know, talk, talk about things, maybe do some flashcards, maybe, you know, do some simple things if you want them to stay longer, but the dog is the same way, yeah. right? It's, it's allowing them to be part of that family with with rules but give them something to do so i used to give them as you used to say you know uh, a bully stick was our favorite thing during that time of something to chew or a kong filled with his dinner in it um and that was a that was a beautiful tool so that was just one of many things that i learned from you but uh, yeah that's great again you know like you said so many similarities between parenting and and dog raising setting boundaries for your dog setting them up for success you know you'd yeah. be amazed how many households i go into and the puppy's just running around free in the entire house. And, 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 and going peep and poop everywhere, too. It's like, well, that's what they do. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know. We need to make this space smaller. We need yeah. to gate some areas off. And let's put your puppy on leash in the house. And you're either holding the leash or you're tethering the leash to a strong piece of furniture and giving your puppy things to chew and something to do. Absolutely. You know, you know I liken it to... Letting your puppy run around your home is similar to letting your toddler crawl around the house without a diaper on. You know, no, no one do that, right? And having wires everywhere for the baby to chew on or, or the puppy. And that's, you know, and that freedom is what, you know, same thing with our children. You know, we don't let them crawl around and get into, you know, we, we protect them. And a puppy is the same way, protecting them and giving them those boundaries for sure. Yeah. And like you mentioned too, age-appropriate expectations. You know, we're not going to expect our puppy to sit there on tether for an hour. That's right. No, you're going to end up with a chewed table leg or, you know, a, a tether that's chewed through or something. You've got to give them something to do while they're sitting there on tether, while you're in the room with them. Um, like you said, a bully stick, something appropriate to chew is excellent choice. Yeah. Can you think of uh, another piece that you would want to put out there? I, I, I could go on over all the things I've learned through the years, but uh, what else What else have you seen and learned over this I think period? 
with kids and dogs, especially young children, it's important for the parents to evaluate their own kids and see how much they can be involved with the puppy training. Yeah. You know, some kids are certainly more interested than others. Some are certainly more capable than others. So keeping it appropriate for your child, obviously you are the adult in the household. You are ultimately responsible for the puppy and their behavior and your expectations. But if you can involve the kids, I always say it's great. If they're interested and willing um, and able, you know, there's lots of little tactics you can try for young children, especially. Um, I like one of my favorite little tricks is um, if, if children want to engage the puppy and maybe give them a treat, I'll often put the treat in a little Dixie cup for the child and then they can give it to the puppy that way. Because oftentimes, you know, kids don't want the puppy's sharp teeth on them or they don't want yeah, the slobber yeah. on them. So they'll quickly dart their hands back and forth, you know, which really yeah. encourages the puppy to jump and bite and get excited. So sure, I find sometimes sure. if some kids like to wear gloves, some gardening mm -hmm. gloves are a good idea. Or like I said, a little Dixie cup, you can put the little treat in there or a paper plate and the puppy mm -hmm. can grab the treat from that instead of taking it right from the child's hand. Mm -hmm. it's Great like idea. Out. Yeah, kids love that. You know, they get really excited, like, oh, I get a little tool and I, I can put the treat in here. And so I think that can sometimes help build the relationship a little bit. Sure, um, sure. With, with, with a lot less reactivity. I, yeah, as you say, right, you know, they put their hand down to give a treat and then they re retract the hand quickly and then the puppy thinks, oh, oh, I got to go towards them to get that treat. Right. Exactly. And that becomes that pattern. But yeah, yeah, that's a really a good one. Yeah. Excitement and the teeth and the teeth. Another thing I'll try with, and parents really like to do this too. Um, we'll take a paper plate and we'll spread a thin layer of some peanut butter or maybe some mm. plain yogurt on it for the puppy to lick. And yeah. then the child can have some time petting the puppy without worrying about the teeth. And sure. I encourage sure. to pet from the collar down, not near the head. Collar down, nice, slow, steady, even strokes on the puppy while mom or dad's holding the plate of something for the puppy to lick. Sure, you know, I think sure. kids are really frightened of the, the teeth and, and they're really scared yeah. of the dog, you know, sometimes in just a short amount of time and they want nothing to do with the puppy. Um, yeah. If we yeah. can occupy the, the mouth and the teeth <laughs> and then the kids can kind of even maybe do some brushing, you know, some gentle brushing if they're interested, um, but giving them other things, some positive experiences with the puppy can be helpful. But yeah, it does take great. a picture to manage the situation and help them out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, not just the child going in and picking up the puppy and carrying the puppy around. And that, that's another piece I see a lot too. I'm sure you see that too of, as we do with our children, we, as we pick them up, we say, I'm going to pick you up and carry you, you know, for your diaper change, or I'm going to, you know, to narrate it for your child to teach your child to also narrate that for the puppy and just say, you know, together, let's go, you know, let, let's pick them up or I'll pick them up and give them to you. But a child walking and just scooping up an animal quickly um, is something that I see a lot. Um, um, and it's a very frightening piece for a dog or a cat or a rabbit or whatever creature it is or a hamster. Um, but having teaching how to narrate too during that time uh, and say, I'm going to come pick you up. Um, and then maybe having the dog, you know, to do a basic sit, right. A command, you know, or going down onto the dog's level and getting down with the puppy instead of picking the puppy up. Is that, would you, would you agree to that piece too? Definitely. Yeah. And, and just the parents there to make sure the puppy, like you said, isn't getting frightened or injured yeah. or hurt. You know, one bad experience for the puppy with the kids can really set that relationship off on a bad foot as well. Um, <laughs> yes. don't want that. Yeah. So definitely yeah. protecting the puppy, instructing the children. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. then for older children, too, that really want to get involved with the actual training. 
Uh, I like to encourage them to, like you said, teach the puppy some basic commands, like how mm-hmm. to sit for a treat, how to lay down. Um, a big, big one I like to teach puppies is coming when called. And kids love to get involved with that one because it's so fun. It gets the puppy running toward them, call them to come, and then they get a treat. Again, a good time to maybe put the treat in the Dixie cup so that because the dog's getting a little excited running, coming when called. Um, yep. But kids yep. love that game and they'll play it, you know, calling the dog back and forth, back and forth. Um, yep. So it can yep. be a good a good relationship building time if they're really into doing some training too. Yes. And, ch- and children love, they, you know, w- with confidence, they love when, like you said, when they, they can call an animal and the animal comes that that's that piece of, uh, you know, I, I have a relationship with this animal. They want to come to me, but mm-hmm. if, if we call an animal and they don't want to come to us, um, that's, that's really hard for children too. And that's a real defeat for them. It's like, why doesn't he want to come? And there's that trust piece you have to teach of, you know, he just doesn't know, you know, maybe if you, maybe if you just sit down or I'll sit on my lap, we'll call them together and, you know, and bring that dog to us. But, you know, we have to teach, I, I think we have to teach adults um, and parents that a dog wants to go to someone they can trust and they can build trust with. Um, and sometimes children, as we know, are unpredictable and children crave that, that connection sometimes with the dog and it, or, and it gets very, um, they get very emotional about it when the dog doesn't respond um, the way they want to respond. So it's, really helping them, like, like you said, to learn how to communicate and listen and watch body language of the dog and the child um, to see, you know, what does everyone, what does everyone want right now? And what is everyone needing right now? And, and what's, what's the dog saying by lying there, you know, sleeping <laughs> or, or where the tail is between the legs or they're just sitting there and staring, you know, there's a lot, right. There's a lot of communication that goes on for yes, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the other, another portion of this, we're kind of, you know, talking a lot about young puppies, uh, you know, families bringing in some rescue dogs, maybe adopting yep. an older dog into a household that maybe is not very familiar with children. Uh, those are things that you certainly want to be, uh, you know, wary of um, yep. and watchful of, you know, maybe this dog has not been raised around kids. Like you said, they move a little differently. They, yep. they scream and squeal a little differently. So you want to make sure our older dogs are learning to be well-behaved and not so fearful of children too. You know, really taking your time with an older dog and helping them adjust to the new household is important, not rushing things. Uh, so I think that's something to be mindful of too. Yeah. You know, we hear a lot about families getting puppies, but you know, older dogs tend to come into the house as well. So. Yeah. And there's been, and there's been a lot of adoptions going on of, of all ages of dogs coming, coming into homes and, uh, and, uh, and being part of families for sure. Yeah. There was a, I don't don't know if you taught me this or where I learned this somewhere along my way, Jessica, and I don't know where, but um, if we go back to all age dogs, uh, this is puppy and and adult dogs. um, When a dog um, grabs something and that you you don't want them to have, um, or if you're cutting up, if you're in the kitchen or you're taking a vitamin or whatever, and you don't want the dog to grab something that's, or, or they, or they're going for something on the floor or they have something or a sock and they're running through the house or a shoe. Right. And that's a very common one. They get, you know, they grab something and then we chase after that dog um, getting back what we want to, you know, from the, and I'm not to have, it was a game. Um, and I still use this with my seven-year-old dog to this day, just to keep him it, for him. He loves to find things. He loves to use his nose. And so we, we play the find it game. And the find it game for him as a pup, the way we used it was um, um, if he has something we don't want him to have, instead of chasing after him or, or saying, you know, Harrison, come here. And then 
you know, they think it's a game, run, run, run. Um, I just say, Harrison, find it. And it distracts them enough where what he has, oh, well, that food is far more exciting than this little sock that I'm going to chew up or the shoe I'm going to chew up. And he drops it and he gets distracted and goes and uses his nose to go find the Mm -hmm. pieces of food that I have thrown off to the side. Um, And then I can go and pick up the item that was of conflict um, and then I can hold it and then I can see, you know, no, this is a no touch. And then he's, he's distracted. He gets it now. He's, he's not, now it's not a game. Was that something I learned from you? I don't remember. But have you, have you used that technique? Cause it really, for us, it's been a really great technique. Um, it, you know, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah I do, I do see that a lot. And it's funny you mentioned that cause I have been seeing that a lot lately and maybe this cause we're all home so much, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, it's, it's obvious. It's inevitable. Your dog's going to grab some things you don't want them to have. It's dogs yeah. that they explore the world with That's their right. That's they right. Mouths, either at home or out on your walks, you know, they're going to put everything. As do our children. As do our children. <laughs> but, and I think our reaction to that behavior is so important. You know, if we right. yell scream, no, drop it. Don't eat that. Leave it. Oh, no we're suddenly giving a lot of value to that item right. and suddenly a lot of attention, a lot of attention to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. I really want that wrapper or I really want that sock. Cause now you want it too. It must that's be. Right. That's right. You know? so that's I think right. That's important. And I, and I understand, you know, everyone's reaction. I, oh, I don't want my dog to eat it. I don't want him to swallow it. That's very yeah. scary. Of course I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But um, if you can set up some situations like that, where you're not going to be as frantic about them eating the sock or eating the, a little toy or whatever it is. Yeah. It's important for your dog to learn to trade you for things. I, you know, think of it from your dog's point of view. I, I really want this wrapper. I really want this mask I yeah. found out on the sidewalk, you know? <laughs> yes, that's a very common one right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if we can quickly trade them for something better, then they might be more appeased to drop it. Oh, okay, there's a treat. I get it. All right, I'll drop that. I'll take your treat. Yay, it's a happy yeah. situation as opposed to a very tension-filled yeah. you know, wrestling for that object out of their mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. super important. I, I can tell you the only commodity that works for us is, is string cheese. It has a bone, won't, a, a treat won't do it, but string cheese will usually, <laughs> that's our, that was our only commodity with our dog. <laughs> hey, whatever works is fine. I just don't want my clients to get into that battle because yeah. your dog will yeah. quickly learn to distrust you if yeah. you are grabbing things out of their mouth. Because yeah. they're going to think, well, next time I better swallow that faster because she's going to come steal that from my mouth. And I really exactly. want it. Exactly. Exactly. And I better, I better, I better swallow it and I better run fast too. Exactly. And, and get I, out, get out, get out of here quickly. And that's with it. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's really important for them. Or sometimes they do that lock jaw and you just cannot pry yeah. their mouth open and get that item away from them. So yeah. yes, it's really important to practice a, maybe a good leave it command. Yeah. Leave it. Oh yeah. Oh, we've used that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then drop it too. drop it. And I'll give you something better. Yes. You may have to have some hot dogs, some string cheese, something really good when you're teaching a drop it. Um, yeah. It's pretty, yeah. pretty high value for them to want to drop it. Yeah. And, and the emotion, I think you mentioned earlier about the tone you give, you know, yeah. if I'm saying leave it drop, you know, that's really escalating the situation, you know? Yeah. But yeah. if I'm in more of a calm, collected, pleasant kind of tone, leave it. Good job. Very nice. And I like your idea of find it. I do the same thing. I may not say the words find it, but I will just grab a bunch of treats and break them up into little pieces yeah. and drop them in a little trail away from the whatever I don't want my dog to have. And yeah. I will go running for that little treat trail like, woohoo, what is that? 
Yeah, drop yeah. whatever they, they had and I can go quickly grab it and put it away. It's a non-issue. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I used to find it, for example, uh, and I still use it to this day because, um, you know, he loves when the, he loves the mailman. He loves our mail carrier. Absolutely. It's, it's like, it's like a, a bromance that, between the two of them. But he likes to go out and greet him. He likes to be on the grass with them. And they, they spend time together. <laughs> if your mail's late, it's probably our fault. So, um, but, and then, uh, you know, when he's done, he doesn't want to leave that relationship. Either one of them do. I know the mail, I have to send the mail carrier on and, and then Harrison's still out there like, Oh, he's leaving. And all I have to say is Harrison, do you want to go in the backyard and, and do a find it game? And he hears the word find it. He's like, okay. I mean, all right. Just, it's a better, you know, instead of saying, come in, come in. I mean, he'll come in, but he's like, mm. but he loves that game. It's a game for him now as an older dog. It's a game where he finds, um, great he just loves the game. He loves to use his nose. Like I said, he loves scent work and he loves nose work. And for him, that's a really beautiful treat. And I don't, I, I could throw maybe, you know, five, six treats out in the yard in an area, you know, like a big expanse of, you know, 20 feet or something. And I spread them all over and he just, that to him is absolute joy. Um, but it gives him a, a great a, a distraction of something to do that he enjoys. Um, and it's a good transition for him. And I find that that's what we use as a puppy. It was a transition. Um, it was a distraction. And it, it, and it was a game that was a positive piece for him. And so when we, I would say find it, he would always be like, oh, okay. So he was doing something I didn't want, you know, going near something I didn't want him to do. I could just say that. And that would be his clue to, hey, pay attention to me. I'll take care of you. I know what you need, right? And he was able to be distracted. So that, that's always been a really good one for us. That's great. Yeah. And I'll, sometimes clients will ask me when we're doing this exercise, well, aren't I just rewarding the dog for stealing something? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And I, I, say, I understand how you might think that, but honestly, no, you're changing your dog's mindset. You're getting them out of that situation. You're giving them something else to do. You're rewarding your dog for maybe coming or dropping something and you're just shifting gears a bit. You know, I, I think as, as humans, we focus so much on the no rather than the yes you know, let's yeah. give them something to do rather than telling them what not to do. And I know that's oh, a Jessica. Oh, Jessica, <laughs> Let, let's go and let's compare parenting here. This is a real good comparison, right? Um, yes. I get, I get the same thing. Like when my child's misbehaving and, and you go and, you know, I go over to them and help them or, or hold them or talk to them in a nice voice. Am I rewarding them? You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you're being a parent and you're going to go and help them and help them regulate, right? Help them calm down and help them, uh, you know, and not teach them at that moment of, of screaming or tantrum. And, but you're going to be there to help them and guide them. Then after everything's calmed down, then you can actually teach them what you wanted to teach. It's that same piece. It's that same piece of, oh, interesting. Yeah, we're not right. It's that, it's that same. I get that all the time. Um, you know, should I go with my child's having a tantrum? I'm just, you know, do I just yell at them? Do I just tell them to stop? Do I? No, you don't. They need your help right now. All right. Yeah. And so when a dog's going into a frenzy or, or biting and are doing all sorts of behaviors that you don't like, it's, they need your help. Right. They need your help. They need your boundaries. They need your love. They need your consistency. They need your guidance. Right. And they, um, they don't need your escalation of the situation. That's right. That's exact same. <laughs> and it, 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 you know, it goes tenfold and here we are, that's you right. know. What does that say about the human character? I don't know. Why are we so intent on on going to the no? Maybe it's just easier to do. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. To 
It is. And, and I, and I always tell parents, I said, save the no for emergency, save the no for a safety issue. Save yeah. the no for that. If your dog's running to the street, say no, come right. You can, you can be abrupt, but save it for a safety issue. Keep it for that, but don't use no for your first piece out of your mouth. Um, you know, try something else uh, or be there in that present and say, let me help you. Let me, let me pull you off this bookshelf. You're, you know, we don't want you climbing up here. Not safe. Let's put feet on the ground, feet on the ground. And that's important. I think I just try to help people understand the things you're experiencing are normal. Your puppy is not abnormal. This is totally what every puppy has done since the beginning of puppy. You know, it's absolutely the correct thing that they're doing. You're there to guide them and help them. You know, you're the human with the bigger brain. You need to stay calm and give them something else to do. They don't know what to do. You have to show them what to do. And that's Jessica. I say the same thing. thing, Jessica. Jessica, we're in the same business. We're in the same business, woman. It's funny because my kids, my kids know I'm not a yeller, but if I yell, they know there is a serious safety issue going on. If I raise my voice, they're, they know, oh my gosh, there's something major going on. (laughs) My dogs and my kids have always known if I say that's enough. If I say, if I'd say that sentence, oh, I get a dog that sits and doesn't move. And I get a child who stops and doesn't move. <laughs> and I always tell, I always tell, find that growl within you. And that, that sentence for me, that's enough. No, you know, that's enough. Um, that, that's a growl. That's a growl sentence, right? That just comes off as a growl. And uh, yeah, so that's so true. So true. <laughs> We are in the human and dog business. I'll tell you, it's uh, so, so parallel. I just love it. I love, I love the fact that we were, we knew, we knew it was parallel, but to put it together in in one piece, it's beautiful, beautiful. For sure. (laughs) Oh gosh. Too much, too much. What else, Jessica? Is there anything else that you would like to put out there into the universe today? (laughs) I'm trying to think. I, I think I would just, I would love to encourage to seek out some help. I think it's great that families you know, reach out to you for parenting help and reach out to me for dog help. I mean, we all need some help. I mean, certainly not just this year, but all the time. Um, And and I think, and I think what you said is the normal, what is normal behavior? That's what I get a lot of. Is this normal? Is this, yeah, a lot of it's so normal behavior. It's so right. It's so developmentally appropriate. And that's the same with animals, you know, puppies, adult dogs, they still have to learn, right? Where they are and what to do and what the rules are. Um, everywhere but yeah that, that's so true yeah. we all we all need help we all need to support each other yes absolutely. um that's and, for sure i think in my industry sometimes i get frustrated for the uh variations of information i should say mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so if if maybe you speak with or work with a certain dog trainer that doesn't quite fit your ideas or your family or your lifestyle, don't hesitate to reach out and find another one. You know, there are a lot of trainers out there. Some use different methods than others. You know, there's certainly no need to intimidate or uh, physically manipulate or harm your dog in any way to train them. You know, anyone who knows anything about behavior and learning principles knows that you do not have to physically manipulate an animal to get them to do what you want. Or, or, or a child, or a child, yes. or a child. <laughs> so, so please, if you're not feeling comfortable with maybe a dog trainer you've spoken with or worked with, 
uh, get out of there. It's okay. Go find another one. There are so many that you can can find and find one that fits your 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 ideas and, and your family better. Please. Yeah. Well, and, and 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 on the same piece, when you if you decide you want to get a dog, also um, you know get to know breeds. Go. I, I really encourage families go to a, a dog class or go to a training place where there's lots of different dogs um, and see. Um, the size of dogs, how big they get, um, all different age groups of, you know, training facility or classes have different age dogs, see how big a German Shepherd gets or how bouncy a doodle is, a, a, a golden doodle. <laughs> I've had a lot of doodle, a lot of doodles experiences really. People didn't realize, number one, how big they get. Uh, number two, what I, which I have been absolutely, because um, my dog gets, we, we go to a groomer every six weeks and, um, and it's just interesting to talk to the groomers of how inundated they are with dogs who are matted, dogs who now are uh, not being taken care of because people didn't realize that when I get a doodle or a dog who has hair, it has to be groomed or taken care of quite regularly. Um, and, 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 um, and that's a big responsibility, a financial responsibility, a time commitment. So I think, I think you'll agree with this of, you know, if you do decide to get a dog, um, you talk to you, talk to people, go and see dogs um, of all ages and stages, um, sizes, temperaments, um, energy levels, right? Um, there's a lot of different dogs out there. And um, people, you know, humane societies are, are good at educating you about that. And, and I and the rescues are wonderful about matching um, and educating, right, about um, their breed. Um, and I know you would be good at that. So, right, you would encourage that also, right? Just to, to gather your information before Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yes. Um, yes, just because your neighbor had this wonderful Labrador who would hang out in the front yard and never leave <laughs> their sidewalk. Oh, that's what I want. You know, yeah. every dog is different. Um, yes, you need to, to really talk to folks who've had dogs and gone through the puppy stage. And they are a lot of work, a lot of... You know, certain breeds have tendencies to be more hurting with anim with other young children, yeah. you know, nipping yeah. at their ankles and things. Oh, I've heard that a lot. My child's, they, my dog hurts my children to bed every night. They, they bite their ankles all the way down the hallway. It's like, well, that's their job. That was that dog was bred to do. That's, exactly. yeah. You yeah. know, if you have more of a sedentary suburban lifestyle with small children, you know, getting a border collie or an Australian shepherd might not be the best idea because they need a lot of room to run and roam and they need a job. A lot of these working breeds are very popular, like you've mentioned German shepherds, but yeah. those dogs really need something to do. Sitting in your home in your backyard all day is not enough for a lot of those dogs. Yeah. You know, yeah. if that's your case and maybe you're not super active, maybe an older dog would be better for your, your um, household than a young puppy. So yes, really research it. I, I sometimes recommend to people, if you have friends or family with a dog, and maybe you've never had a dog before, ask if you can borrow their dog, maybe for an yeah. evening. Maybe they yeah. need an evening off, and you could borrow their dog for a weekend or an evening, and they could actually yeah. stay in your home. And that would give you a really great, somewhat of an understanding of what a dog might be like, and for your children too. I know yeah. children can be very um, adamant about wanting a puppy or a dog, but truly they <laughs> Yes, we do. We have no realistic expectations or understanding of what it really takes to have a dog. Uh, so sometimes that can be a good kind of trial. Oh boy, we had Bruno stay for the weekend. That was a lot of work. He pooped in the house and he, That's he right. yeah. my toy. I don't know that I want a dog anymore. You know, help yeah. your kids kind yeah. of work through that and understand it if that's appropriate. 
Um, yep. You know, yep. so, so true. So true. Yeah. Wonderful. Might be, yeah. Like, might be a good idea, but yeah. How, yeah. how are realistic expectations of activity level? How much time can you commit to this dog? Finances, how much financial. Um, oh, finances. Oh, the finances. It, their dogs are expensive. They are. That puppy food. your daughter's little toy and suddenly needs emergency surgery to have it removed yep. can cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. So I mean, yep. sometimes we don't think of these things. Um, a spay and neuter surgery can cost several hundred dollars along with all the vaccines your puppy's going to need in the first few months can still run you a couple hundred dollars. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, have, have all these things in mind. I think that's very, very important. This is a, um, an animal that will be with you for the next 12, 13, 14 years sometimes yeah. or longer if we're lucky. Um, but that's a long, that's a long commitment. Um, and, and how important it is for your child to see that we just don't get a dog and then, oh, two years later, mm, you know what? Mm, we're kind of bored with this dog. No, let's, let's, let's give it away or let's take it to the Humane Society. Um, think about that. I, I, it just hurts me sometimes to see that happen. Um, and it's happening right now. And, and um, we talked to Jessica a little bit before we started this podcast about this, that um, you know people adopted during the pandemic um, and then now we're seeing the shelters the animals are being returned. Um, and so think about that. Um, think about what that is for the dog um, and what it is for your child too, um, to see your child think that we can just take back something. All animals, all creatures we bring into our home are responsibility, but also bring such, such joy, such love and such a beautiful time to teach so many things, um, right. so many empathy and, and, and joy and, um, responsibility, um, and just all those, all those things. Um, so I, I just, I love the fact that, um, well, I love the fact that I've met you in my life, first of all, and I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate what you do and I appreciate how you do it. Um, and it's just been fun to be on that journey with you. Anything else you would like to close with or any thoughts? I think that's about it. I think the only other thing I'm seeing that might be worth mentioning is like you said, either returning the animals, which is unfortunate, but also, yeah. um, seeing a lot of dogs who haven't been left alone. And oh, yes. Teaching yes, them how to be alone yes. is an important part of the training too. Um, you know, a lot of dogs unfortunately may develop some separation anxiety in the coming months as we all start venturing out a little bit more. So yeah. I make yeah. sure to let families know that, that that's an important part of your training too. Teaching your puppy to be home alone safely and managed, whether that means either in a crate or in a pen or somewhere where they cannot, you know, eat the furniture and, and hurt yeah, themselves. Yeah. Or, or jump over or jump over fences. A lot of escaped dogs happening right now in our community because people are going back to work and the dogs are getting out or climbing mm -hmm. fences because they don't, they haven't been alone and now they are alone. But yes, this is, a, I'm sorry, I forgot to bring this in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a really big piece. You know, I'm seeing lots of families who, oh, our puppy's six months old. He's never been home alone. Oh yeah. gosh, hey, we need to do that quickly, you know. And yeah. positively, we want to make it okay for them. We don't want, you know, you can't be home with your puppy forever, 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. important for them to learn to be home alone and to kind of self-soothe and, you know, yeah. uh, finding some strategies for that is really important too. Yeah. And I, and I do I do remember you teaching us that piece too, you know, of, of um, you know, not making a big fuss when you leave the dog, you know, in the sense of, oh, bye, 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 I'm going to miss you, I'm going to miss you, you know, a lot of energy, but just, just you know, give them a, a safe place to be, give them what they need to sue themselves and just walk away um, and not make a big fuss and then not make a big fuss coming back either. Right. Um, I know we love to have our dogs greet us, 
um, with excitement. But when we do that, right, that causes a whole nother piece of, you know, of confusion of, oh, they're back. Oh, I'm so excited. And then, and then when you leave, they don't know, you know, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a real miscommunication for them of, right. um, where'd you go? And why, why are you here? And wh- where are you? And all those things. Right. It's, I often uh, encourage people to, when you're ready to leave your dog, you know, tire them out first, maybe a nice long walk in the neighborhood, go yeah. out when it's their usual nap time, you know, so your dog hopefully is relatively calm anyways, and is going to yeah. make yeah. sleep while you're gone and start in short little intervals and try it out and see how it goes. Um, they may, you know, cry and whine a bit and that's okay, but we want them to learn that, okay, I can settle down. It's not a big deal. Um, so that's definitely a good, good thing to work yeah. on part of your training. Yeah. Um, and something I do remember you teaching about separation and and leaving is something I think you learn with guide dogs. And I have always kind of taken that piece of a guide dog is, or any dog is, but this is how was the, their policy is not leaving a dog um, um, in a crate or a kettle or in, in by themselves for more than three hours. And I always kind of, I mean, I know that's hard when our, when we work. Right. Um, but as their puppies, I kind of live by that rule. And I think it made a big difference of not leaving uh, the dog for six hours Um yeah, I would find someone, a neighbor or, or someone to come by, or I would come home lunch break, whatever, and, and let the dog out and do a potty run, exercise, play with them, and then put them back in um, and then go on and finish my, my work day. Or like I said, or I had a friend or a neighbor that would come do that during that puppy time. Right. Um, um, that really, I think, helped with separation and not expecting to, to push that dog beyond their expectations, right? Their, their, their developmental expectations that we have for them. Right. Um, and, it, so, and even younger puppy would obviously be less time. You'd build up to the three hours, but yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh yes. Definitely. Yes. But yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm talking, you know, you know, uh, eight, eight month and above, you know, type or older, but yeah. that, oh, that little, little puppy puppy. Yes. Yes. They need to pee and poop quite often. And yeah. A lot of fun, but thank you so much. And if you want more information on Jessica, please just uh, let me know and I'll be happy to pass on um information about jessica to you but uh, thank you jessica for for joining us today and and uh and always always a pleasure yeah i i look for i think i I think i'm gonna sign up one of your classes again i I have thought about it so you'll you'll see me see me soon thank you jessica all right everyday parenting is produced by me Teresa wang the music you hear in our podcast is courtesy of the emmy award-winning artist stephen morell If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting Podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Also, please take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.